Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Happy new comic book day. Um, I am coming to you properly from my from my desk, not from the panel bunker. Intern Stan is, of course, here with me. I am wearing a t-shirt that has uh, Rack, Rocket Raccoon and Groot, and they are dressed up as Han Solo and Chewbacca, and it is adorable. And that is, uh, is how we're going to start this show out. Um, in light of Marvel launching... They're all new, all different Marvel Universe. It happened this week. Lots of new comics out there, uh, and, uh, and we're going to talk about them at the end of the show. Stick around. We're going to get to those. But uh, uh, before we do that, we are going to look at some other comics that Marvel has released with the uh, preface, all hyphen new. But, of course, before we do that, Intern Stan, theme song, please. the man in the suit who is the cat with the beak do you really want to feel him Harvey Attorney habeas corpus Harvey Attorney Harvey Birdman Attorney at Cookies on dowels. Fantastic. Birdman. Yeah. Love some Birdman. Love some Harvey Birdman attorney at law. Uh, Folks, we are talking about things that are all new. Unfortunately, there is no all new Harvey Birdman attorney at law. I wish there was because it was full of insanely talented people like Stephen Colbert and David Koechner and Paget Brewster. Did you know Paget Brewster played Bird Girl? It's true, and if you don't know who Paget Brewster is, well, you need to pay closer attention. She's just delightful. Um, we are talking about all new comics, and that might not mean what you mean, what you think it means. What it means is uh, we're going to talk about a few comics that have the all new. What is it? Was it preface? No, not preface. Um, oh man. People are just going to be screaming at their 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 uh, podcast listening devices. Um, it's not preface; it goes before. All right, hold on. I'm going to look it up. All right, let's see here. Prefix, prefix, prefix. It is called a prefix. <laughs> All hyphen new prefix. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I'm leaving it in. I am leaving it in. Uh, because you deserve to <laughs> hear everything that goes on here. So, uh, like I said, three comics, all-new X-Men, all-new Hawkeye, and all-new Captain America. Of course, all of these launched well before the Marvel's, you know, before today, before Marvel launched their all-new Marvel line, uh, which came out today. And like I said in the intro, which you may have heard, hopefully you don't just skip uh, ahead of those, I'm going to be talking about a few of those new comics as I have had the privilege to peruse a, a, a handful of them. I, God, I love, uh, is onomatopoeia? Man, I am, I am in, in, in bad, uh, a, a bad way today. Uh, on, onomatopoeia. Okay. No, onomatopoeia is if I say bang or pow or zing. What is the word I'm looking for? Hmm. Where a bunch of words start with the same letter. Alliteration? You know, 
Alliteration. Current same letter. That's the one. Alliteration. Folks, I am a train wreck today. <laughs> uh, just, just absolute gibberish. But um, hey, you've enjoyed my absolute gibberish for uh, 45. Is it 45? This is episode number 45. Just five more episodes to go until uh, the big number 50. And we are going to be bringing some huge, exciting, and interesting things to you for episode 50. So uh, hold on to your hats and your bags and your boards because... Something big is going to happen uh, right around the time for episode 50 uh, for Panel Riot. So, stick around for that. Wow, super off track. <laughs> okay, um, as we often do, we, the show's broken up into three segments because we have wonderful sponsors that, uh, that I want you to hear from. And uh, we will have actual commercials and... Um, as was pointed out, I am in slight violation of my contract with the Petri family. I haven't been playing enough Petri family commercials, so we're going to do that. We are going to play you some Petri family commercials this episode. I promised them, and I promise you. Uh, and I also promised intern Stan, because they m may have threatened to take a tow. I, d I don't know. I don't know the specifics, but uh, needless to say, it, we don't have to worry about that at all. It's okay. I'm going to live up to my contract. We're going to have some Petri wine commercials, and everybody's going to be happy and, and have all ten of their toes. And what? What? Uh, hold on. Stan, I'm, do I'm doing the show, man. You don't... You have eleven toes. Like... On your feet? You okay? You were born with eleven toes. And are they webbed? Is that what? Jesus, man! Just go wash your feet. <laughs> it's not webbed. They're just filthy. Jeez. Good lord, man! I've never seen anything like that. No, it's a nice toe. No, I don't want to know which piggy. Yes, that's very clever. That's very clever. All right. Stan. Stan says hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> comics. All new comics. As I mentioned, um, we, we're going to kick things off with the most hyphenated comic in recent memory. All new X-Men. All hyphen new X hyphen men. That is the... Uh, uh, correct way, I guess. Um, and then uh, we'll talk about all-new Hawkeye in the second section, and the third section, all-new Captain America, which uh, is just a just a pleasure to read. Spoiler alert, it is a pleasure to read, and you're going to want to go read it. Uh, and then we'll discuss uh, a few of Marvel's newest comics, and that'll be that. That'll be that, folks. Um, so, time-traveling mutants. You know, sort of. This book... Uh, this book, uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Stuart Immonen, who I adore. I adore Stuart Immonen. And uh, I will talk about that a little bit more. And uh, if you hear paper turning, it's because I have notes. That's right, folks. Sometimes I have notes. I'm a professional. It's on my LinkedIn profile. Uh, released in 2012, and um, the, the basic premise of the book is that, uh, it, it, honestly... It's kind of a celebration of all things X-Men, which uh, which I really, really enjoy, uh, because I like the X-Men, frankly. Um, this is post-Phoenix Force. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not post-Phoenix Force. Post-Avengers vs. X-Men. Um, 
and uh, I think this is uh, almost directly after that. Um, so let's uh, let's go to the notes. Uh, Beast is mutating again, and uh, he feels just real crummy about it. Um, he gets a scene, a nice big spread. This this book is full of gorgeous, gorgeous spreads, two-page spreads. Um, how many more pages can there be? I'm, I'm an idiot. Um, the art, as I said, is by Stuart Eminent, and, and it's it's fantastic, and I'm glad that there's so many two-page spreads, because he really gets to, to um, flex in this. Um, almost every other page, uh, every other few pages is a, is a spread. It's it's gorgeous. Uh, we meet Eva Bell, uh, the most Australian of the New Mutants. She can stop time and be Australian, and her powers slightly change her hair color, uh, which is just delightful. And she does all of those things. She is Australian, and she stops time because some people start fighting, and uh, her hair, changer, cha hair color changes just the slightest bit. Just the slightest bit. Because when we first see her, she's a brunette. And then after she does a thing, her hair is uh, is uh, all black with some uh, white tips. It's really quite nice. She's a, she's really a, a, a very interesting character. Um, as much to my surprise, a lot of these mu new mutants are. Um, but uh, I have faith in Brian Michael Bendis. So, um, she is greeted by the uh, Bestie Xy Club. Xy Bestie. I'm working on that one. Emma Frost, Magneto, and Cyclops. Just those three who last time we saw these three, they were absolutely overtaken by the Phoenix Force. Um, oh, no. Not all three. Apologies. Magneto was very sane and had no Phoenix Force in him, but uh, uh, Emma Frost and Cyclops did. Um, so... <laughs> So basically, they um, they keep her safe, and they help her resume time. The National Guard shows up, and the three of them make an example out of the National Guard. And we cut to the Jean Grey School for Higher Learning, as established uh, during the Schism storyline, where they um, Wolverine and Cyclops went off and founded two separate schools, because why not? And... Uh, the folks there, the folks there, Storm, Iceman, and, uh, uh, of course, Kitty, Pride are watching the news, seeing all this stuff happening on the news, and they're disgusted, and they, the, the basic idea is that Scott doesn't understand, uh, the ramifications of what he's doing and how terrible it is, which seems to be Scott's M.O. as of late, um, basically all the way from Avengers vs. X-Men until recently in the uh, Secret Wars, which in which something happens, <laughs> I will not spoil for you. Um, so this is post-Avengers vs. X-Men, like I said. New mutants are appearing all over, uh, and for some reason they're being arrested. And I, I don't necessarily understand what the source of this new ratcheted-up tension is. Um, it, it probably has something to do with Cyclops being a psychopath, uh, and everything like that, and uh, the Phoenix Five kind of fiddling with the way the the Earth works. Um, I'm sure Cyclops killing Xavier did not help matters, um, but I don't think it's ever specifically explained. We see uh, a character named Triage who heals people being interrogated in um, in a, a prison, not a prison, a, a police office, and it's it's weird. And she even says, you know. Uh, 
why were you running from us? Uh, because you were chasing me. You know who runs from the police? Bad guys. Uh, you touched your friend, and and you healed. And how did you you healed her? And how did you do that? And are you a mutant? You look like a mutant, and it, it's very accusatory and and really not great and super unpleasant. Um, and Cyclops gives a, a little speech about uh, if you are mutant and you you are part of an elite species that deserves every freedom. And he does this weird X thing with his arms, which makes me think he's 14. Um, now, uh, the, uh, our good, quote-unquote, ex-friends, uh, Beast with a giant gun for some reason, and Storm and Kitty Pride and Iceman, they decide that they are going to go and fight Cyclops. They're going to take the fight to him, and uh, of course they're having a discussion about it, and Bobby makes an offhanded comment uh, about past Scott meeting present Scott, and uh, crummy, f- crummy feeling Beast <laughs> starts plan making, as, uh, as Beast is one to do. Um, and then, of course, we flash back to a simpler time. The X-Men are original. Beast is fleshy, and everybody, everybody is skinny so skinny. That's how you know that they're different X-Men, because they're not muscular. They're just skinny people in big, baggy, weird suits. Side note, did you know that Cyclops' original name was Slim, not Scott? If you go back and even listen to the previous uh, previous the, the episode where I read X-Men number one, they never call him Scott. His name is Slim. His name is Slim Summers. Apparently later on they changed their mind and, and called him Scott and, you know, made it just a nickname. But um, I just thought that was interesting. It, <laughs> how different would that character have been if instead of, to this day, he was, instead of Scott Summers, he was named Slim Summers. Um, so uh, this is, of course, the X-Men of the past, and they're like, ah, some humans were yelling at us. It's a little bit more dire than that. And uh, big, giant, furry, blue beast shows up. He has apparently time-traveled. Um, and you know what? I've always liked Beast. Uh, I f- think he's a really good character. Uh, I love the X-Club stuff that they did where he really got to stretch his, uh, his furry blue branches. Uh, and this is no different. It starts as his story, essentially. Uh, all, the entire all-new X-Men line. Uh, it loses focus after a while and goes in a different direction, but it, it starts as Hank deciding to take drastic measures um, just as drastic as the measures that Cyclops takes, that he thinks he's in the right, if not more so. It's interesting, and it, 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 I think it speaks to um, the things that Beast will get involved in later on when he becomes part of the Illuminati and tries to stop the incursions, which led to the Secret Wars, which is going on now. Anyway, Beast shows up and says, I'm going to take you to your future. Scott, I need you to come to my present day, and I need you to talk to yourself. I need you to stop yourself from committing mutant genocide. Now, granted, there's a little bit of hyperbole there. He's overstating. But the fact of the matter is, um, that's essentially what's happening. Uh, Now, is it a good book? Yes, it absolutely is. As I mentioned, Brian Michael Bendis always does good work almost always does good work. Stuart Immonen is magnificent as an artist. Um, and it's uh, the premise is good. It's, uh, it's a, a, a look back into the X-Men's past versus how far they've come and uh, all the things that have happened to them. It's fascinating. It's a good book. Do I want to read the next issue? Yes, I do. Should you read it? 
yes, you absolutely should. You should read all of these. They're very, very good. I've uh, I've kept up with uh, with the entire series, and it doesn't stop being good. It is good the entire way through. I really greatly enjoy all hyphen new hyphen x hyphen men, and you will too. So go and check it out, uh, folks. We are going to have a quick word from our sponsors from the, the from, from the Petri family, from the Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, um, and uh, uh, and we'll be right back. Please, please stick around and please listen to the entire commercial. It's it's really important that both to me and to Stan's additional piggy that that you listen to the entire commercial. Thanks. time for me to tell you about a really great Petri wine. Petri California Muscatel. Did you ever walk through a vineyard early in the morning and pick a big, juicy muscat grape right off the vine? Mm -mm. If you've ever done that, then you know what to expect when you taste Petri Muscatel. Petri Muscatel is the color of golden sunshine with a flavor to match. Serve Petri Muscatel after dinner some evening or serve it anytime friends drop in. It's a wonderful way to express your hospitality with a wonderful wine, a Petri wine. And we're back. We're back. Uh, I really, really hope that you enjoyed that uh that commercial, and I hope that you listen to it all the way through. All the way through, it was, it was relatively short, so um, you could hit that little button on your uh, podcast machine that uh, takes you back like 30 seconds, and you, you could listen to it multiple times, um, because we really, really appreciate the Petri family and all the contributions to Panel Riot. Um, the family that took time to bring you good wine, and Stan, Stan also, Stan really, really appreciates uh, the the. How, how good the Petri family has been to us. So, uh, Petri family, family that took time to bring you a uh, good wine. Um, we're, <laughs> we're talking about all new comics, uh, uh, all new Marvel comics, because that is a, uh, a prefix, got at that time, that they love bandying about and attaching to all, all, all manner of comics. Um, and uh, we're talking about three of them. Uh, we discussed all new X-Men earlier, and uh, we are going to keep this trend going with all new Hawkeye. The follow-up to Matt Fraction and David Aja's incredible and game-changing Hawkeye run. They took a blank character, essentially, uh, and made him many people's favorite. Jeff Lemire and Ramon Perez, who are the uh, the creative team on this book, uh, they took a book that was almost destined to fail. Uh, isn't that the case? Well... Let's find out. Let me start by uh, stating my unabashed love for Hawkeye. Uh, I love uh, Matt Fraction and David Aja's run on Hawkeye so much that I have not yet done an episode on that series because it's so good. It's so fantastic that I feel like I really... I feel like just um, doing a, a regular run-of-the-mill episode will would not be good enough to do it justice. Just like Saga, just like Sex Criminals, um, it, it's it's I haven't tackled these yet because I feel like I need a lot of time and a lot of preparation to do them justice. Uh, so, admittedly, I am slightly biased, but uh, anyway, let's um, let's get into this. 
here. Um, as I said, uh, Ramon Perez and Jeff Lemire are the creative team for this, and uh, they do uh, they do very good work. Um, this was launched, I believe this was launched this year in 2015. I'll have to I'll have to check that up. Yeah, it was 2015, and um, this came out before Matt Fraction and David Aja's run on on Hawkeye ended, which is some weird Marvel stuff. I don't know the specifics, I don't know why or how it happened, and I will probably never know. Uh, that's not information that has been made public. I am very curious about it, but, um, hey, whatever. Um, I, I feel that may have, uh, I don't know. I, I, I can only speculate as to whether that helped or hindered this book, to be honest. It probably helped. Um, people were picking this up thinking it was the last issue of the other one. It's probably some kind of corporate trickery. Um, or it's something that I don't understand at all. Whatever. Um, I'm just here to read comics. Uh, we start with a vastly different art style as compared to the previous book. Instead of the clean and minimalistic style of David Aja, we get watercolor. Uh, everything is tinged with Hawkeye purple, which is interesting. Uh, it's all various shades of purple, and it's, uh, I think the watercolors obviously, uh, are very well suited to what's happening in them, which is, uh, memories. It's all memories. Um, it's Clint and Barney's childhood, and they're hunting frogs. Uh, they have a conversation, a big, uh, two-page splash about, um, <laughs> again, how many pages could a splash page be? One or two, not likely to be anymore. Uh, they have a conversation while they're hunting frogs. In the process, uh, they establish both living in a foster home and Clint's damaged hearing, which um, becomes a theme in uh, in this book. Um, it, uh, it It's a few pages of that, and uh, just like that, we're back to the present with uh, different art style, right? Um, frankly, they straight up said we want you to draw this like <laughs> uh, as close to David Aja as you can. And they did not disappoint. It's super similar. It is super similar. Um, uh, and that is absolutely, totally important. Or uh, uh, um, obvious. Uh, it's Hawkeye and Kate Bishop versus Hydra. And they banter, and then they escape, and then they get separated. And, and then uh, we get back to another flashback where the boys come home to an abusive foster father who starts beating Clint. Um, and uh, a really interesting happen thing happens because Barney's outside, uh, and um, he's putting a, th like a piece of wood on the bucket with the frog in it. Oh, they have a bucket full of frogs. What am I saying? They're collecting frogs. I'm sure that'll be a thing later. I don't know. I haven't read the second issue. Apologies. Um, anyway, he has a heavy rock that he keeps the lid on all these frogs with, and from inside, you hear the abusive foster parent beating the crap out of Clint. And then Barney comes in, and the art does a very interesting thing. It stays that purpley watercolor, but then it starts to fade into red, and there's red splotches everywhere. And um, eventually, like, he goes in, and he comes out with a baseball bat, and he starts shouting, get your bike, we gotta go, and, um, then they run away, 
they run away and it, the art here is the best of the entire book um, it's the most interesting it's the most um, fitting to the to the scene that's happening it's it's great it's it's really really wonderful and I can't help but totally appreciate it um, let's see here back to the present where they're fighting Hydra and then Again, the art here starts to blend, sort of. You, you get the art of them fighting Hydra, and in certain backgrounds and certain panels, you get the watercolor art of the memories and everything like that, and it's really, really very good. Um, and then we come to the end of the book, uh, where Kate finds children being experimented on, and uh, uh, Barton and Clint, I'm sorry, Barney and Clint, uh, find a carnival. It's all on the same page. Uh, the art kind of fades into itself, and it's great. It's it's really very good. The art, I have to say, is probably my favorite part of this entire book. Um, it is a great setup issue, but it does have some problems. Uh, the dialogue, especially in the present when they're fighting Hydra, is jokey but forced. Um, Jeff Lemire's writing doesn't necessarily have the subtle emotion and quick wit of the Matt Fraction's. Uh, the artwork is excellent when it's not aping David Aja's story style. Story, jeez, man, David Aja's style. That watercolor is is just fantastic. I I really really enjoyed that. But you can tell that Marvel said, you know, you guys have a great lead in. Don't squander it. Don't go off in a completely different direction. Make a book that is so clearly similar to the previous one um, that people who aren't paying attention might not know the difference. Um, I mean, as you can tell, the whole thing suffers from its predecessor. Uh, you can't help but compare the two. Uh, if this book had launched without the Fraction Aja style guide to go off of, it would be a very, very, very different book. Um, I don't know that this book would exist without the uh, the Matt Fraction David Aja book. Um, is it a good start? Eh, I guess. Um, it, it's sort of interesting... I'm I'm mildly curious to see where they would go with it. Do I want to read the second issue? Sure. Yeah, why not? Because mainly out of curiosity, I, I want to find out if it gets better or worse, if they find their own voice instead of uh, imitating someone else's. Should you read it? Sure. Sure, go ahead, read it, find it. Uh, but honestly, only if you really need something else to read. If you are hurting for comics to read, you probably wouldn't go too far astray with this one. But if you're good on comics, then this one's pretty easily skippable. Um, yeah, that's it. That's really all I have to say about this comic. Eh. <laughs> Some interesting things, but overall, eh. Um, commercials. Commercials. And this uh, this commercial break uh, is for me, so uh, I can put in whatever commercial I want. And I'm a-going to. I'm a-going to put in a commercial right now. Please stick around when we talk about all new Captain America and all new Marvel after this brief message. Thanks. In or around the Pittsburgh area? Check out Metamorphosis, Pittsburgh's only full-service organic salon, spa, and wellness studio. Haircut? Check. Manny? Check. Petty? Check. Massages, highlights, sauna, and facials? Absolutely. We even offer professional yoga classes daily. Visit us at SpaPGH.com. That's S-P-A-P-G-H.com today. Because when you feel good, you look even better.
and we're back. We are back. Welcome to Panel Riot. Welcome back. All new. We're talking about all new comics. Uh, thanks, of course, to Metamorphosis. So great. So great. Metamorphosis is spotpgh.com. Go and check them out. If you're in the, or around the Pittsburgh area, stop in. Tell them that Panel Riot sent you, and it'll make everybody real happy. Everybody will be real happy, especially me, because then I'll know that working um <laughs> uh and no i i love uh i love metamorphosis i love spot pgh um dot com they're uh they're great they're wonderful people i don't care if none of you ever go there i will continue to promote them because they deserve it we're talking about all new comics and uh we are at all new captain america and when they say all new they are not joking around it is Really, an all-new Captain America. Falcon Cap! The Falcon is now uh, now Captain America. Rick Remender, Stuart Immonen, oh, him again. And Hydra. Probably Hydra, because you can't have Captain America without having Hydra. Um, I, this new Captain America having, uh, having the Falcon, who is a black man, um, it's, it delighted comic fans and enraged racists all over. Um, and, uh, but... I'm happy about it. It was part part of the Avengers Now initiative, um, and uh, this came out in 2014, just last year. And uh, I spoiled this. I mentioned it earlier in the episode, but this is a very good comic. It is a very very good comic. Um, so uh, I I mentioned that I was going to talk about Stuart Immon in a little bit, and I think this is a very good time. I absolutely love love his work. This book is no exception. I loved it in the X-Men. I loved it in this. Anything he touches, essentially, is, is wonderful and fantastic and golden. Um, it's, it's, his style is what I think of when I think of comic art. Really good comic art. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's always uh, spot on, pitch perfect. Just the right amount of clean, just the right amount of, uh, of dirty and grunge and everything like that. And... and um, his art just it never disappoints and um this this book is a fantastic example of that um because there's uh, there's a lot of action scenes but there's also a lot of emotion and, and and a lot of different set pieces and and he just knocks out of the park every single time so uh now as far as Rick Remender I enjoy him but sometimes his stuff is a little bit much for me um I am by nature a uh, uh, a water lily, a gentle soul. Um, however, however you want to put that, I'm a I'm a, <laughs> I'm a I'm a delicate flower, and um, some of his stuff is uh, is it's just a bit much for me. Sometimes the gorier stuff, the the more hardcore stuff, it gets a little it gets a little under my skin. But now that being said, his work on this book is excellent. Uh, it's a great introduction to a quote unquote new character. Um, and uh, each voice is unique. Every character has a very unique voice, specifically um, Cap, New Cap. Old Cap shows up too, however briefly, but um, uh, Falcon has uh, a lot of internal dialogue, and is, is he's delightful. Um, he does a great job illustrating the, the struggles with that he has with the weight of his new mantle so to speak um and uh but it's also it, it's interesting and it's funny and it's 
it's it's just uh, it's just spectacularly done. Um, and it's also worth mentioning that Agent Bob, Bob, Agent of Hydra shows up. I'm pretty sure it's him. I don't know. I don't know if his last name in canon was Bob Dobelina, which is a reference in and of itself. But um, if it is, then there you go. Um, at one point, which is my favorite part in the entire book, he bursts into a room full of Hydra agents, throws his shield and bounces off the wall, and someone says, man, you missed us by a mile. And he says, it's actually the first time I've missed. I hit a whole bunch of Hydra guys in the station above, knocked them all out. It was pretty cool. Hilarious. It's a very, very good comic. Uh, and Barrock shows up which is always fun. Batrock the Leaper. And he beats the ever-living crap out of Falcon Cap and Nomad. Nomad, who is um, Steve Rogers' son and has taken up this new mantle or whatever. And, and I don't really know a whole lot about him. Or I'm not really interested as well. It's probably worth mentioning. But uh, Batrock beats the crap out of both of them until they kill him. <laughs> um, which Falcon, of course, has a problem with. I should say that Nomad kills him. Falcon is not happy about it. But he's Batrock. Of course he'll come back. He's just that kind of character. Um, the, it's an action-packed book. A lot of, lot of setup. A lot of Hydra agents, of course. And it, it ends with um, Cap basically stumbling into a room full of his greatest enemies. Um, uh, I believe that it's the Red Skull is there, interestingly enough, not front and center. Um, Taskmaster is there, Crossbones is there, um, and it's uh, led by Baron, Z Baron Zemo. Zemo? Is it Zemo or Zero? It's Zemo. I should probably know that. It's Zemo. We're going to say it's Zemo. I'm going to confidently say it is Baron Zemo. Um, now, seeing Taskmaster there, if I wanna, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. Seeing Taskmaster there kind of bothers me. Because I like Taskmaster. I really do. I've always enjoyed that character. Um, and I feel like he is very rarely, if ever, utilized properly. Um, except with the, with the exception of the Agent X storyline. <laughs> uh, the Deadpool Agent X storyline where he was uh, buddies with Agent X. And, and that, was, that was interesting. He was an interesting and, and really cool character then. And I, I feel like he hasn't lived up to that potential since. Um, they did some, uh, actually Warren Ellis, I believe, did some interesting things with him during the Siege storyline. But uh, the fact of the matter is, I feel like there's a lot of potential there that um, that's being wasted. And uh, I hope they do. I hope that uh, that doesn't continue in the new, the all new Marvel universe. Is this a good start for a comic? Yes, it is, and it had to be, because this was a high stakes move by Marvel, um, introducing Sam uh, Falcon as the new Captain America, uh, and it they absolutely succeeded. When I got this book, I read it, and I was hungry for more, and I read all of the book, all of the all-new Captain America books following this one. It was a weird time for to, to introduce this new Captain America the, because the Axis event was happening at the same time, and he was a villain for a little while, and I think that played out in Mighty Avengers. I don't think that touched all-new Captain America, which is good because it needed to be a comic to stand on its own feet. Now, there's been a lot of promotional art to come out to say, you know, to show what's going to happen after Secret Wars, and there's 
hinting that there's going to be another civil war, but at this time, instead of Iron Man fighting, you know, Classic Cap, he's fighting Falcon Cap, which, hey, I'm on board for. I, I think it's, uh, I enjoy the first civil war. I'm curious to see where they would go with this. Sure, why not? Uh, it, and it also makes me happy that they're not, they're not backing down on Falcon being Cap. I think that's a good move, and um, it, it would be very foolish to waste that. Um, just the, the same with the with the the new Thor. I think the the move of keeping the new Thor in the new universe is great, and I'm glad that they're sticking with that. Um, do I want to read the second issue? Of course I do. I've already read it, and I want to read it again immediately. Should you read it? Yes, yes. Was that not clear up to this point? <laughs> you should read this second issue. You should ah, totally read this second issue. Go and do it now. Absolutely now. I will wait for you. The podcast will be here. I'm not taking these down. Well, I'm not taking them off certain places. Other places I have to because of space restrictions or whatever. The podcast will be here. Go and read all new Captain America. All that you can get your hands on and uh, and then come back. Because we are going to be talking about the all-new Marvel Universe. There's some interesting stuff coming on, coming out now, and uh, uh, the first books came out this very day, ten seven fifteen. When I am recording this podcast, uh, these books, this wonderful, excellent, interesting start. It's all happening now, and I want to talk about uh, a few specific ones. I'm sorry my chair keeps making noise, and you could probably hear it. First, I want to talk about a book that I've talked about before on this show that I was very much looking forward to, Invincible Iron Man number 1, Brit- written by Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, artist is uh, David Marquez, and this is an all-around good comic. The art is flawless. I'm I'm thrilled with the art. It it's it, it's just spectacular. The the art and the coloring and the inking, it's all wonderful. Um Madame Mask shows up. That is not a spoiler because she shows up before Iron Man does. And uh they've redesigned her slightly, which I love. I love her new design. It looks fantastic. Um and uh she's on the move. She's doing some stuff. And uh, we don't really find out what that is yet, which is fine. This is an issue number one. Um, Tony has made a new armor that does all the other things that his armor did before, which I'm into. Um, Let me read you a little bit here. Uh, I finally... This is, again, not a spoiler. This was in the previews uh, that have come out. I finally found a way to merge all of my different armor modes into one. Armor that can change shape and color scheme based on mission stats. Armor not attached to my biology in that way that freaks out everybody. (laughs) That freaks just about everybody out, but is completely attached to my brain synapses. And it's a good-looking armor, I gotta say. That is some good-looking armor. And when you see it in action later on in the book, um, it's (laughs) it's really good-looking armor. (laughs) Uh, I'm a fan. So uh, I know that normally the third section is the spoiler section, but these these comics just came out today, and this will not be a spoiler zone today because I want you to go and read this comic. It's excellent. It's so good. The writing is great. Um, the uh, the art is fantastic. The coloring is spot on, and 
there are some surprises. There are some interesting things. I actually found myself in my head <laughs> going, holy shit, when I read a couple of things in here. So go and check that out uh, as soon as you can. Invincible Iron Man number one. Also, Amazing Spider-Man number one. I'm on board. I've had my problems with Spider-Man uh, during Dan Slott's run. I feel like um, I feel like something's missing. Like it, it just doesn't click properly for me. But this is the most interested I've been in Spider-Man, in just Spider-Man, not the entire Spider-Verse. This is it, it, not um, not the uh, the huge Spider-Man crossover that we had. But in Spider-Man himself. I am so on board for this, and I'm so interested, and it, it, it looks great. The The art is, it's the same Spider-Man art that you've gotten used to, you know what I mean? If you've been reading Dan Slott's Spider-Man, it's um, uh, uh, Giuseppe Camuncoli? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. If I butchered that, I probably did. Cam Smith uh, is the inker, and the colorist is Marte Garcia. Um, and I got to tell you, it's a very interesting book. Um, so where we left off, Spider-Man had inherited Parker Industries, which was set up by Doc Ock Spider-Man, and he didn't really know what to do with it, but now he has. This is, you know, X amount of years after, um, after, not years, X amount of months after the Secret Wars end, which they didn't end, by the way, but we'll get back to that, um, and he has established Parker Industries as a global force for good. And it is fascinating. Again, not a spoiler. That was in the previews. It is fascinating. Check this out as soon as you can. There's some, uh, he, there's some really interesting directions that they're going in. Um, he's got some new, uh, some new gadgets and some new tricks up his sleeve uh, for the Spider-Man outfit and everything like that. And it really looks like there's a part in the comic where they refer to Peter Parker as the poor man's Tony Stark and that's not necessarily true he has different goals than Tony did but he, he executes his goals better than Tony does I don't know um, no he, he has similar goals goals to Tony Stark and he executes them better that's what I'm trying to say um and it looks like he's kind of a he's going to be the next thing after Tony Stark he's setting it up to to move in that direction and um it's really fascinating there's some ancillary stories um that I actually didn't read um they kind of set up other books like um like the new silk and the new spider woman and everything like that I I didn't get to read those I probably will eventually and uh and of course what would it be? What would a Marvel comic number one high-profile launch like this be without a twist? And oh yes, my friends, there is a twist. Go and check that out if you can. Uh, I would also like to briefly talk about Secret Wars, because here's the thing about Secret Wars. The sixth issue came out today. The sixth issue of eight. Secret Wars is not over. These things are still going, and the Secret Wars comics... The Battle World comics, those are still happening as well. Old Man Logan wrapped up today, which was actually also very good. Um, but Secret Wars is still going on, and I don't... <laughs> it is fascinating how they did this, because they released these books for all new Marvel that 
take place in the aftermath of Secret Wars, but they did it in such a way where nothing got revealed from the future of Secret Wars. It's brilliant. It's really, really, the timing on this is really fascinating and well done, and I, and I really enjoy it. Now, I have other comics to read. Um, specifically Doctor Strange number one. I didn't get to read that one in time for uh, for this episode, but um, that's another one I'm, I'm very much excited about. Uh, there's the What If Infinity series, there's um, you know, uh, Siege issue number four and everything like that, which, which deals with the fallout of Secret Wars number six, and you know, of course the fifth issue of Lando, and, and basically what I'm saying is, folks, that's it for this episode, because I have more comics to go and read. Oh, not to mention the new uh, new Archie series and the new Jughead series uh, by Chip Zdarsky, which, man, I can't wait for that one. So, uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, a quick word about um, uh, a sponsor that we don't have a commercial for yet, but I'm going to tell you about them anyway. Soul Sworn uh, by my friend Zeke. It is an excellent, excellent webcomic. You can check that out. Soulsworn.webcomic.ws. He does the art. He does the dialogue. Uh, he works at just a prolific rate. Uh, it's a wonderful, interesting comic. It is for adults. It is absolutely for grown-ups. Um, but uh, you're probably one, or you're probably close enough. So uh, go and check it out. Soulsworn.webcomic.ws Incidentally, would you like more Panel Riot? Well, more is available. You can find us at our underground base of operations, panelriot.com. From there, you can do all manner of things, including donating to the cause. Become a Patreon supporter of Panel Riot, and you will have my undying gratitude, as well as a few Patreon exclusives. Each and every month, there will be a random comic for your exclusive enjoyment. Just click the link that says Patreon and go from there. And I want to give a sincere thank you, thank you, thank you to our Patreon supporters Ed Burke at Ed Burke 37 uh, Tony O'Garza at the W Revolution on, <laughs> on Twitter um, <laughs> Sorgatron of course Sorgatron uh, at Sorgatron and at Mare Bear Doodles at Mare Bear Doodles uh, one of my oldest friends and a uh, uh, supporter of Panel Riot thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you um I <laughs> lost my place. Um, you can find us on us. We're on Twitter too. Yes, that's true. You can find us on Twitter at Panel Riot. I'm at DJ Lunchbox, and you can also follow the totally not fictional intern Stan at Intern Stan. You can hear us all over the place, including Stitcher, Smart Radio, Spreaker, and of course iTunes. If none of those work for you, you can head on over to panelriot.com and click the link that says most recent episode. From there, you will be whisked, whisked away into a land of episode descriptions and browser players. I sincerely hope that you enjoy it. If you are an iTunes listener, please rate and review the show. It helps more people find the podcast and you will revive slash crumble a monarchy of your choice, depending on your preference, uh, if you do. I want to know what you think of the show. Please email us, panelriot at gmail.com. Tell me what you're reading, what you like, what you don't like, and what you think of the all-new Marvel Universe. How many hyphens should it have? At least one. Thanks for listening, true believers. Until next week, when hopefully I will have thought up a catchphrase.
Panel Riot is a proud member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby and have ourselves some wine. Petri wine.